Hello and welcome to another episode. I, I'm saying another episode because I don't even—I have no fucking clue what episode this is. It's like maybe 70, 71. <laughs> yeah, I have, I, I have no idea. I didn't look it up. So I, like, I don't know. I'm just somewhere. Say for, just say 40, 40 blank, and then yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll fill it. We'll in be later. like, this is episode forty. <laughs> and uh, we're doing comic yeah. book movies today, and we're not going the main route and doing the comic book movies that you guys have all seen. We're doing some gems from the nineties, which is Tank Girl and Barbed mm. Wire. Um, oh yeah. First thing I want to say about frickin' Tank Girl, like Tank Girl embodies everything good about music in the '90s. There's like so much good <laughs> '90s music in there. You know, it's not like frickin', you know, live or some of that '90s bullshit. Like it's the good stuff, like Bjork and Ice T. Um, the Lou <laughs> chicks are in there. You know. It was the fucking uh, L7 tracks yeah a little l7 in there another good another it's, classic 90s band that nobody joan jed pops yeah. up for uh, a little bit for a song it's fucking dope oh my god it, that movie is so fucking good I was, i'm shocked that i this, this is the first time i've seen it yeah and i it's haven't crazy. seen i haven't seen it since it came out um my ex-girlfriend who trevor knows lauren was really into the tank mm. girl comic books and, yeah, um, that's right. By the time the movie had come out, me and Lauren were long broke up. But I was like very interested in the movie because I had, you know, kind of mm. read some of the co- Tank Girl comic books and kind of liked the whole spirit of it, of like you know, like this little irreverent punk chick that blows everybody up, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I have no connection to the comic, so I don't know if it's a good adaptation or a bad adaptation. But I fucking dug it a lot and. I know the director said that she had like a lot of problems with it, and, like she had like an hour of footage, like taken out and like the studio like recut it and this and that. But I mean, I still, I still dug it a lot. I would love to see a like a like two a and a half hour a version. Director's cut of it. Yeah, I, I really, I, I really liked it a lot too. Um, I see, and, and now of course, when it first came out, I didn't really like it, but. It's yeah. kind of not fair because back then, in like in 1996, I was like too cool for school, and pretty much everything sucked anyway, you know. <clears throat> um, but it, it is so much fun. It's like really far ahead of its time, you know. I feel like it was probably too 90s at the time it came out. Yes, and it was probably one of those things. Where it was like, oh, it's too, it's too much. Too much of what's happening right now to try to be too hip. Yeah, and that so, that is the biggest criticism I have about the movie is it mm. does really kind of date itself in a few places with <laughs> yeah, it you does. know <laughs> like she like they're torturing her and she was like, hey, is this going to be over soon? Because I don't want to miss Baywatch, you know. Which in 1996 that was funny, and if you were alive in 1996, it's funny. But if you're like you know a 15 year old kid watching it now, you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know. There's a couple of moments like that too. I forget. There was. I thought there was another joke, like that. That was like, I don't, nobody's gonna fucking get that at all. Like now or ever. Right. Well, and the and weirder I, thing I, is, is it's 2033 in the movie. So, mm. you know, like, why there's, would she? There's, know no way, about, no, there's no way anybody's getting Baywatch. Yeah. Like, why would she know about like weird freaking 90s pop culture that only lasted for a couple of years? You know. I mean, speaking of Baywatch, the other movie we did was Barbed Wire, and that was the same problem too. It had a bunch of like weird '90s jokes. I'm just like, who's gonna? And it was like it was taking place like 2017. Yeah. Like, who's gonna get these jokes in like like in in 2017? And well, and like here it is 2018, and we're already ragging on it for the jokes being old and outdated. (laughs) So. Um, And now I freaking loved Barbed Wire. That was the first time I've ever seen that. Like I'd always 
been aware mm-hmm. of the movie and like that it was kind of like this cult film, but I didn't realize yeah. like how amazingly awesome it was. Like I really, really liked it. I was like, oh my god, this is <laughs> so cool. You know, Pamela <laughs> Anderson, she can't act worth shit, but it's okay because she's got huge tits and she blows shit up. You know, and <laughs> she blows shit up while having her tits out, like yeah. just like right out there, right. And, and and here's the thing is no she's not the greatest actress in the world but Django Fett fucking is an amazing actor and so he was able to carry her a pretty good bit. <laughs> and and what I kept making the joke of is fucking her brother who is that that I really like that Jack Noseworthy who is just almost as terrible as she is. Yeah. So it almost elevate it almost elevates her to a like a different level. Well, you know, he is like, just as bad. He's so bad and what's great about it is like for the first half of the movie, I was like, is that John Don, John Bon Jovi? And I'm like, no, because John Don Bon Jovi is like a way better actor than this guy. Yeah. The funny thing is that dude, like, that dude shows up in that movie. And then I watched, actually on a different note, I watched the Brady Bunch movie. And that fucker's in that movie, too. Is like, he really? the same exact character. Uh, I was like, oh, my God, this guy. How is this guy getting hired in the fucking nineties? Because he is terrible. Yeah, like, like why are they doing? I mean, people they they did make some bad casting decisions in the nineties for sure. Now, like I said, Django Fett though was not one of those bad decisions. He was awesome. And there's like a point. Yeah. There's a point where um, Pamela Anderson or Barb Wire makes a comment to him, <laughs> like she's like, "Yeah, well, I'm sure your kids are gonna grow up to be really good looking, smart, and successful." And I'm like. Hey Pam, have you ever heard of a dude named Boba Fett? <laughs> <laughs> this is like I think it was like yeah, this is like years before Boba Fett. I think Jango Fett was. Oh well, right? yeah, I would say that was probably at least at least twelve years, maybe eleven, eleven or twelve. No, maybe only maybe only nine or ten. But yeah, quite a few years between Barbed Wire and and uh, Attack of the Clones. I mean, now I wasn't a big a big fan of barbed wire, but I like appreciated it. But I couldn't quite get into it because there was a lot of talking going on for a Pamela Anderson movie. Well, and there's a shitload of plot too. That was one of the things yeah. that I was kind of <laughs> like, surprised about. Like I was like, wait a minute, why is there like more plot twists? Like all we need is there's a bunch of Nazis, and Pamela Anderson is like one of the people who fighting the Nazis, <clears> and then she got jaded and decided to go out on her own. Like, that's all we need. And they're like, no, no, we're going to twist it, and it's going to be like this big epidemic, and there's these retinal things. And I was like, holy shit, show your boobs. And see, that's where that's where, and, uh, that's where it can't compete with Skyscraper, because Skyscraper knew where its limits were. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, she was taking, a, like, a, a, bubble, a bubble bath at one point, and, like, it just, like, the, the, the camera starts... Like underneath the bathtub, so you just see like like her nakedness, yeah. And it just pans up for no reason, right. like the bubbles. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. And of course, the the title sequence is is all her like basically her stripping for like yeah. five minutes and and in like in like in like water. So it's like gratuitously. All right, this is, yeah. This this is this is how you start the movie. And like at one point, like like it's showing like the production design. I was like, are those her tits? Like I can't actually like, like they're actually out like during the credits. Yeah. And she, and like, like, I, thought, I thought the girl she was rescuing was a young Brittany Murphy, but it actually isn't a young Brittany Murphy. It's like a young Brittany Murphy lookalike. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, wait, is that Brittany Murphy? Like I actually had to like IMDb it. And I was like, no, it can't be. And I was like, okay, no, it's not. So no, Brittany Murphy had a much better agent. <laughs> is that was that in Barbara or was that in Tank Girl? 
in barbed wire. Remember in the beginning of barbed wire, she like rescues rescues the schoolgirl. Uh, that's right. Like that's I, right. Because Tinker really has... looks like Brittany Murphy, and then I was like, no, it's not actually Brittany Murphy. Because Tinker has basically like a similar plot where she's like trying to rescue a little girl. <laughs> like, yeah, girl that's well. true. She does. I guess they're very maternal in that in that aspect of uh, female heroines. They have yeah. to like rescue a little kid to show their their paternal the maternal side. Yeah, and you, you know what I kind of liked about Tank Girl is that you would think that she would be like super pissed that they gunned her boyfriend down in front of her, but it doesn't really nah. seem to like bother her all that much, you know? Like it, 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 or that they, you know, like or that they even kidnapped the little girl and boy. Like she's just kind of like, okay, they're gone. Now I'm working as a slave. I gotta get free. And like the only, like she doesn't even care until she finds out the girl's still alive, you know? Yeah, I feel like that pops up like halfway through. It's like, oh wait, the little girl's still like captured and kidnapped and stuff. Right. I guess I'll go save her. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like okay, I'll save her. You know. Um, and like I, just I, I, that I, was I think funny. I think she, I think she got more pissed when they killed like the the ox. Yeah, when they oh, shot yeah. the ox. <laughs> like, that was like that was the I, final I believe, straw. I, I think actually it was kind of a bigger joke because it was a water buffalo. Oh, that's right. You know, and like that's kind of funny because it's like a water buffalo, like the that supposedly drinks like so much crazy water, and so she's like, "Y'all yeah, keep yes. that as a pet," you know, not like a cactus or some shit. I enjoyed it. Like I liked her though. She was it was funny because like she was almost more sexual than barbed wire was. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> Tanker was just like. I'll sleep with anything. I don't yeah, fucking care. She doesn't care. I mean, well, that's like that's like how it starts out. She's like, yeah, yeah. and there's no water, so you got to fit like 20 people in a bathtub at the same time. So it's not like that bad, you know? <laughs> yeah. But Barbara is like dresses more sexy, but like she almost felt like almost like 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 metrosexual, like like just like not asexual almost. Yeah, yeah. Like she doesn't she doesn't acknowledge her sexuality at all. Like she's just like, oh yeah, everybody I'm barbed wire, everybody wants me, but I ain't got time for that shit. Um whereas <laughs> whereas, you know, Tank Girl's like, Yeah, I'll fuck you, I don't care, you know? Or what like what she say that, that was one of the lines I wanted to remember. She was like, Yeah, well if you you know, if you let us out, we'll make it worth your while. We'll put a smile on that little kangaroo face of yours. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I fucking love the was it the Rippers? Those guys were awesome. They the were fucking big. makeup was fucking so good. The makeup was the makeup was awesome. Like I was really impressed with like how well they did their teeth and how they were able to really pull off how lifelike they were without the use of like any CGI or anything. Uh, yeah, it's all it's all Stan Winston. And like, is... they're so crazy. Like, they were just like their characters were all so crazy. Like, they're like, okay, now we're gonna pray, and then they like start freaking dancing and just like rocking out. <laughs> and the ones like it's like like it's, it's almost like special. Yeah, <laughs> and then still and still sleeps with Tank Girl. Like, like yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Cool. The one that was a dog. Like everybody else was like, yeah. oh, I'm Jack Kerouac reincarnated. Nice teeth. Like, yeah, I'm a cop. You know, he's like, I was a really good dog. <laughs> so they made me kind of human. <laughs> Tank Girl's like, yeah, that's cool. I'll fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all the stuff with Tank Girl was awesome, and like all the the cuts. It cuts to like the comic book and the animated stuff, which is like, I don't know, it was just it was totally fucking cool. And I felt like it was 
it's probably ahead of its time to be honest. I, I think so. Like, I think it was really ahead of its time because I, I loved how it, it would cut to the actual frames of the comic book in it. Like it was really yeah. celebrating the fact that it was a comic book movie. You know, like the freaking modern day comic book movie is kind of like, yeah, we're movies. Um, we we sort of have some history in the comics, but they 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 really try and separate themselves with, from the comics. Whereas um, Tank Girl really is like celebrating the fact that it was an awesome comic book. And the only time I've ever seen that done also was in like the Sin City movies. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the Hulk, the first Hulk, kind of did too with like yeah. weird weird like panel uh, uh, transitions and stuff like that, but didn't really use the comic book itself. Right. Whereas now, and like I would say, Sin City is like the very extreme of that because, from what I understand, Robert Rodriguez actually got with Frank Miller, and they worked out like each frame of the comic books, like how they could work that into the scenes, you know. Yeah, that was almost like a shot for shot of the comic book, which yeah. is cool, cool and not cool at the same time because some of the stuff I thought was, I'm not a big fan of those movies. I think they're fine, but right. like, I don't know if they're, they're as good as everybody says they are, but I mean. Mickey Rourke as Marv is pretty fucking cool, though. It's amazing, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, like, I, I kind of feel you on that. Um, mm. Like, I actually I had a girlfriend who I introduced to the uh, Sin City comic books uh, mm. way before the movie came out. She was an artist, and so it's actually a pretty cool story. She, like, I had this girlfriend, and she was, like, this really, really good artist. And uh, mm. to impress her, I found all of the the first printing. And I, I can't believe I just gave them away. But I found, like, an entire run of all the first printings of the Sin City comic books. So, like, I bought them and did them all up nice and gave them to her as a present. And, like, she was just blown away by it. You know, I was like, well, you know, you're an artist. And, and you know, I've always been into comic books. And these are comic books that you can really appreciate for the art in them because it's really different and really kind of revolutionary. And, like, she was, like, totally blown away. And she, yeah. we had broken up. We were broke up for years after this whenever the movie came out. But she, like, actually called me out of the blue and was like, oh, my God, I saw the Sin City movie. I fucking hated it. They fucking ruined it. They, 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 they fucking tried to make the comic books into a movie and they should have just made it a movie. Like they can't capture how good of an artist Frank Miller is. And, and I mean, she was kind of right, you know, like they should have yeah. just made it a movie instead of trying to make it the comic book, you know? Yeah. I mean, when you think of Robert Rodriguez, you don't think of that type of, I guess, attention to detail or that type of like, yeah structured like like compositions you more think of like just running gun type stuff and like that would have been a fucking great sin city if it was just like this running gun fucking down and dirty like right like if he had done it if, even if it was black and white that would have been fine too yeah but it's just like yeah. this black and white like fucking neo-noir type thing right absolutely if he had crazy. done it like it was like um like El Mariachi, El Mariachi. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah or even Dust Till Dawn where it was just like yeah. non-stop craziness um, because that's how that's how the comic books were. You'd still be true to like the feel of the comic books, and you're not going to ever get the art direction down like like how Frank Miller did those comic books originally. You know? Yeah, I mean, you can still you can still do it black and white, of course, if you want to. I mean, yeah, so cool, or yeah. like, or you should just put your whole, own stamp on it, right? Or do the whole like you could even do the gimmick that Frank Miller put in those comic books, where you know, the, the, whenever he'd do a series, 
he would like put a color in there, like you know, yeah. she wore red was the name of one, or the dame that wore red, or something like that, you know. And it would be like everything was black and white except for what was red, and then the red would be in it, or like the other one, like that yellow bastard. Everything but the yellow was black and white, you know. And you could still do that. You just didn't have to try and make it perfect like the comics, and it would have worked out really well, I think. Yeah, I just like. I guess I appreciate it, but I was still just like, eh, I mean, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd rather read the comics. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a few of the comics. I mean, they're like way, like way better. They're just kind of like read. Yeah. Um, whereas, fun. like, I, I see. I think that's where Tent Girl actually kind of succeeded was because you know they tried to get the feel mm-hmm. and they really acknowledged it, but they didn't go so mm-hmm. far over the top that they forgot they were making a movie. You know. Yeah, I feel like now it could go, it could go a little further and be a little more. Irreverent and just kind of like more. I think it could be a little more cutting edge for mm-hmm. sure. But like at the time, it's it seemed it's really cool. It's like I just feel like the, I feel really, really sad that like now I'm just now discovering Tank Girl and right. Why want, want to tell everybody about Tank Girl and how awesome it is? <laughs> I'm sure <doing> like, what? <laughs> Even with it's like like I mean you're just like because yeah like we were talking about like the plot is just like it's kind of like all over the place. Yeah, which is which is kind of like a comic book anyway. It's just kind of like. It's like six issues, and like every other one is like the same story, but every other one is like something completely different. Different, right? And if I remember correctly, that was kind of the whole point of Tank Girl as a hero or heroine was that she was all over the place, you know. She just kind of like went wherever, <laughs> right? Whatever and was did happening, whatever she, she felt like went. it. And um, I don't know if you've played the game Borderlands Two, uh. But it's, I played the first one. Okay, well, the second one has this character named Tiny Tina, and she's the world's most dangerous 13-year-old, right? And I guarantee yeah. you she is 100% based on the movie Tank Girl. Like, I was just like, the whole time I was like, oh my god, that, that's a line that's in Borderlands. There's like so many lines that Tiny Tina took from uh, her. And I'm, like, and that's cool, because Tiny Tina is one of my favorite, favoriteest video game <laughs> characters ever. She's She's a 13-year-old girl who um, this dude sells her parents into slavery, sells her and her and her parents into slavery when she's, like, like eight, right? So she escapes. Yeah. Her parents get killed. They get worked to death. But she escapes and becomes an explosive expert and just spends all her time blowing shit up. And that's, like, her whole character. She's this, like, really, like, all-over-the-place 13-year-old girl that blows shit up all the time. That's all. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love that first game. I just never, I just never got the second one. Oh man! If you love, love the first game, you should play the second one because it's one of the one of the few times where they took a really good video game and made it mm-hmm. ten times better in the sequel. Like they took nice. everything that was perfect about the first game and just ramped it way up. You know. Nice. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, um, and you can get it for dirt cheap now because it's kind of old, and the third one's about to come out. Yeah, it's like Xbox. I don't, even, I don't even know where my Xbox is. Do they have it for PlayStation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's on all of them. So, yeah, and, and, and it's just it's so much fun. Me and Paul have beat all of them. Uh, nah. We uh, went through them. And, uh, of course, they're, like that that video game series has a lot of really strong characters in it. Like uh, in, in Borderlands 2. Now, Claptrap's in the first one, the little robot. Yeah, uh, but he's like amazing in the second one, right? Like the whole like you you know you find him right away, 
and he mm-hmm. basically tells you that you're his minion and you have to do his bid- bidding, right? And so for the whole yeah. game, like every time you do like something heroic, uh, he's immediately taking credit for it. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I told my minion to do that. You know, you're like, you like kill a dragon <laughs> or something. He's like, yeah, yeah, that, I, I, I told my minion, my minion to do that, you know? <laughs> Um, and it's got it's got the best quest of any video game too right so there's this guy and he's got the big exclamation point over his head right and you walk up to him and you you go to accept the mission and he's like shoot me in the face right and so (laughs) like you go to accept the quest and the quest objective it says quest objective shoot him in the face (laughs) so then you shoot him in the face and it's like quest completed (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's freaking, it's just like a masterpiece. Um, but, like, oh, yeah. you should play it because you'll see a lot of, of the Tank Girl influence in it. Nice. That's very cool. But did, did you notice that Barbed Wire is basically Casablanca? Yes. Yes, it's Rick's American, <laughs> it's Rick's American Cafe. I, it's like, like, I didn't, it's like but str- now that you say that, you're right. <laughs> I mean, the smarter people have said that before I started watching it. So when I was watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is exactly like fucking... Because there's even Nazis. What the fuck? Yep, dude, there's even Nazis. It's great. There's a thing at the end with all like... I mean, I'm pretty sure that the end is basically like a like a shot for shot, like, <laughs> like dialogue for dialogue, like remake of the ending of Casablanca. Casablanca, yeah. And you know what else I love? I love how the bad guys find everything funny. Like in the end of Barbed Wire, she's on the freaking car that's attached to a forklift that's hanging from a crane like 200 feet above the ground and they're fighting and the bad guy thinks that's hilarious like he's laughing the whole time i'm like dude you're attached to a freaking car on a crane 100 feet 200 feet above the ground it's not fucking funny man (laughs) (laughs) i don't know though it's funny i was watching the ending of the movie with with leslie as we were watching, I was like, you know, it must be weird to watch this as Pamela Anderson and be like, I'm in, like, and watch this and be like, I'm in none of this, except yeah. for, like, a close-up here, a close-up there. But other than that, I'm in none of this movie. <laughs> like, yeah, like, she really the isn't, end. Uh, isn't in the movie all that much. No, every time, like, anything was happening, it's, it's like, it's like, like she said, Leslie said, I was just like, that's not, that's not a guy in a, in a wig at all. No, it's yeah. not. <laughs> It would just be a close-up of her like saying something stupid, and then like it goes back to like the, the guy in the wig, like yeah. punching. Yeah, okay. no, the, the whole movie, she she probably was like on set for like a day and a half. You know, they probably shot all of her parts in like nine hours, and then they were just like, "Okay, you can go home. We'll make the rest of the movie. Show up at the premiere." <laughs> What's like when she rides a motorcycle? Like now, we'd probably have her like the visor up so you could see who it is because you could you could CG that really easy easily. But then it was like <laughs> you just put the visor down so you have no idea who's 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 driving the motorcycle, right? Or care. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, that was pretty great. And like, I mean, just and you can't really expect Pamela Anderson to do all that stuff, but at no. the same time, she could have at least been in it a little more. Or at least old Jack Noseworthy could have been in a little less. <laughs> yes, or Udo Kier should have been like the sidekick, and Ben more as well. And like that was another thing because 
Because I looked it up on IMDb and I saw that his name was Jack Noseworthy. And I thought, who the fuck would choose that as their stage name? Like, what are you thinking? You know? I guess his real name. <laughs> oh, is it his real name? Like, I, I feel I, like it's. I thought it was like some sort of subtle reference to him, like smelling really good. Um, I think yeah, I think it's his real name. So wow. See now, why wouldn't you choose a freaking stage name if your name was Jack <laughs> Noseworthy? Of course. On the other hand, I guess people are gonna remember you if that's your name. You know, if you're auditioning, you think, well, we could hire old Jack Noseworthy. He didn't smell. He too used bad. to be in this. He used to be in this MTV show when they were trying to do TV shows back in the day. What was it called? Like Dead at Twenty One or Dead at Twenty Two mm-hmm. or something like that. And he was like. Every time it was on, like, it was constant commercials, and it was just, like, the worst fucking thing. And it's, like, <laughs> it was on forever. And you're just like, oh, stop it, please. Now, I liked, I liked some of, the mu- some of the music in Barbed Wire I thought was really good, too. Like, the band that was playing there, that chick band, I don't know who they were, but I thought they were pretty good. Yeah, it's got some good stuff on, t- on the soundtrack, too. It's, it has a has some, supposedly it has a Patti Smith song, but I can't quite find where that is. Right. And then, then like, uh, was it Joe Napoleon? What's her name from Concrete Blonde has a yeah. has a track on as well. So yeah, like both both of them had like solid soundtracks. Yeah, and like I just sure. I just look when they started playing Bjork on Tanker, I was like, holy shit! I have I've literally not heard that album since <laughs> 1996. You know, they played a few times, don't they? They play a few like Bjork. Yeah, they songs, play. It's, it... it's all it's all songs off of Bjork's like debut album after she broke up with the Sugar Cubes. Um, but yeah. yeah, there's like a couple different ones of the, like songs from that album, and I was like, wow, I, f- I forgot about this album. Like, I I listened to that album a shitload, say like 1994, 95 or so, um, and then yeah. you know 19 like 97 rolled around, and I never listened to it again. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Ver- Veruca Salt's also on that soundtrack. Mm. It's like. Yeah, it's a like super I said, female heavy band. Yeah, and like I, I mean that whole that whole freaking soundtrack was just like everything that was good about '90s music, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good like classic '90s soundtrack for sure, like a like a Clerks or yeah, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Although to be nice. fair, Pulp Fiction was pretty eclectic. I mean, it's a great soundtrack. I'm not saying it's not a great soundtrack, but it wasn't a whole lot of '90s music either. Yeah, yeah, sure, 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 yeah. Um, it, yeah, it wasn't like yeah, it wasn't like the Mallrats or something like that. Yeah, or... Mallrats was another good good one. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like that's another thing that gets overlooked in modern movies is that you don't you don't see. I mean, there sometimes there's a, a, a movie that'll have a standout soundtrack, but for the most part, it's kind of like eh. Like they'll play they'll play a really iconic, cool song. But it's like overemphasized that it's a really iconic, cool song, you know. Um, like in Iron yeah, Man, a, like in Iron Man when he's working out and Suicidal Tendencies is playing, <laughs> you know. And it's like, okay, you know, like that's cool. We know, okay, he's hip. He knows what's cool. But it's just like it. Sh- it would have been cooler if it like was just in his head playing institutionalized, you know. Yeah, just like throw throw a few more tracks like that over over other things happening, which would be like. That'd be great. Yeah. Like Ice T, like it was it Ice T was over like like her like driving the tank into the into the right into, and, into the facility, wasn't it? Like it wasn't yeah, Ice T. Like she was yeah, and she was like about to fuck shit up, and it was a perfect yeah. score to her like being about to fuck shit up. Um, but yeah, no, it was funny. Me and Paul were watching Iron Man, and 
um, institutionalized starts coming on. And I was like, oh, dude, this is a huge song. I was like, if you tell anybody from my generation all I wanted was a Pepsi, they're going to know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> And tell you that you're on drugs. Yeah, he's going to say, no, you're on drugs. <laughs> yeah, he, so then he, then he got on YouTube and he listened to it and was like, hey, that song's cool. Go get me a Pepsi. <laughs> he said, no, Paul, you're on drugs. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. How can you say that I'm crazy? When I went to your schools, I went to your churches, I went to your <laughs> institutional learning facilities. <laughs> <laughs> they, just play, they just played at this big festival in Las Vegas. Oh, did they? Yeah. This, what was it Punkin? Was it Punkin Go Bowling or something like that festival? Nice. It was a huge like festival in Vegas. But I think I think you can actually go bowling and listen to punk rock. <laughs> it's like that sounds like a pretty good time. Yeah, it's like I'm pretty sure every band, every band plays that. So. Huh. Actually, a friend of mine, and it's on the West Coast. It's in Washington, but um, mm. some a friend of mine told me that the Mummies were actually going to get back together, which is kind of crazy awesome. Uh, I don't know. I don't know I if you're ever I, a really big Mummies fan, but they broke up like '93. I think I've seen like somebody else I know likes the Mummies a lot. And I think I've seen them post about the Mummies. Mm fairly recently yeah no they're great they're they're a great drunken garage rock band nice 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 so yeah nice. so um we're at 30 minutes i'm trying to think if i can think anything else i want to say about barbed wire or, um tank girl <laughs> uh, i love that they have the freaking creepy greasy dude in barbed wire who was in like like all the cheesy 80s movies has like that balding greasy dude with the big mole on his face <laughs> like I've noticed that's a big reoccurring theme when we watch the B, like the B action movies from the '90s. That he's like the bad guy in it. Um, he's never. Oh like, yeah, the guy who, who, who solicits her. Yeah, and he's never like, like the main yeah. bad guy. He's like the sort of bad guy. Yeah, yeah he was in Dark Man. So mm -hmm. was, I remember Dark Man, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tinker has Malcolm McDowell, which is cool, as like the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> With a holographic head. Right, halfway through, <laughs> and he's he's fantastic in it. I love. I mean, come on, Malcolm McDowell's pretty much good in everything. Ice T is one of the rappers, which he's he's basically playing Ice T as a kangaroo guy. Yep. That's well, good. and and that's Ice T fresh off of New Jack City too, where you know he really yeah. he really gets a, should should get a lot of credit because like before him rappers weren't really actors and like after him like every major rapper is in a movie and it's all because ice t fucking killed it in new jack city you know like he was just like as so amazing <laughs> yeah as a cop you know He's, he was like a great cop right <laughs> makes it's, which is crazy which is totally funny since cops everywhere there was a point where every cop in america wanted him dead <laughs> <laughs> and he wrote songs about it so yeah <laughs> yeah 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 i should wrote a song at that time called cop killer, cop killer. So, yes. yeah and it was a big <laughs> it was a big deal kids if you weren't alive and i think it was maybe 1991 or 92 that that song came out but it was a big deal because that song was considered extremely offensive to police officers um you know <laughs> it should have been extremely offensive because some... it was you know, it did have some great lines in it, like, I, have, I, I hear your family crying, fuck them. 
<laughs> I was going to say it's it's a, it's a, it should be extremely offensive, not just to cops, just because it's a terrible song. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's, defi- it's definitely not like body count. The whole body count thing was not uh, Ice T's shining moment as a musician. You know, man, they're still making they're still making music. So they just, I think they just put it out mouth. You like, know, I heard recently. that somebody else told. So actually, I heard that somebody had seen them live. Like I saw, like on Facebook or something, that they saw Body Count live, and they were shocked at how good of a show it was. And I was kind of. Oh, like, I mean, I'll go. I'll go see him for sure. Yeah, yeah. but, but see, like I would want to, like I'd be screaming, "Sing, let's get butt naked and fuck," which is my favorite Ice Team song. That yes. song is great. Um, and I remember it was like so hush hush. It was like abbreviated. Like when you got the album, it didn't say that the name of the song was "Let's Get Butt Naked and Fuck." It was like L G B N A F. I'm no. like, oh, what's that mean? And then he's like, you know, like that's the chorus is "Let's Get Butt Naked and Fuck." And I'm like, hell yeah, hell yeah, Ice T. <laughs> eleven eleven year old me thinks you're a god. <laughs> <laughs> Let's end it on that note. Yeah. Yeah. All <laughs> let's right. Let's end it on. Let's see if I need a buck. Well, tune in next week when we uh, talk about something other than LGBNAF. <laughs> <laughs> or devote an entire episode to it. Whatever. Or we'll devote, yeah, we'll go an hour for that one. <laughs> All right. Peace. All right, see ya.